Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to the bigger picture, and we are tracking markets extending a rally so far this morning across Asia. That is pretty much carrying over the momentum from Wall Street, where we had markets being lifted by hawkish comments from Fed Chair Jerome Powell, as well as some strong U.S. retail sales data. Let's get a bigger picture from Ablesh Narayan. He is the senior investment strategist for Senate Chartered Private Bank. Morning, Ablesh. How are you doing today? Good morning, Ryan. Hey, Ablesh. Let's start first with an overview of how markets have been behaving. So it's been quite choppy in recent days and it looks like after Fetcher Jerome Powell pretty much stuck to the script not seeing anything new in particular that seemed to be enough to lift markets yeah absolutely I mean if you look at uh, Fetcher Powell's uh, comments uh, they were broadly in line with expectations I think if you look at the, the bounce in the markets yesterday I think two things two catalysts really stand out one is if you look at US retail sales that was obviously better than expected and that's important because a lot of people in the markets uh, or a lot of research analysts were concerned that retail sales could be weak because we would see a drop off in the stimulus effects from last year. So a strong retail sales data is, is a reassurance on that aspect. And secondly, if you look at most of the recession checklists, uh, you know, while other indicators uh, such as growth and yield cover in green, retail sales had been the dark spot. So again, a strong retail, you know, reduces the risk of recession or the forward-looking risk of recession at the margins. And I think the other, the other factor which supported the markets yesterday was the stronger-than-expected GDP data from, from Europe. Yeah, I mean, I should talk about that risk of recession and point out, what is the level of risk right now? Because you mentioned retail sales data was strong, but in recent weeks, we've also seen a few of patchy pieces of data pointing to some signs of concern. And of course, the backdrop of how inflationary pressures are still there with the Ukraine war playing out on the commodity space and a lot of worries around the global economy. Yeah, I think it's important to differentiate or separate out the risk of a slowdown versus the risk of a recession. So, you know, we have been saying that in 2022 and 2023, global growth will slow down from the you know elevated levels that we saw last year. And that's expected because some of the stimulus effects would be going away and some of the catch-up in growth that we saw after, you know, the lockdowns in 2020, that goes away. So we do expect a slowdown in growth. But if you think about recession risk, which is, I think, the more important risk for the market, we think that the probability of a recession in the next 12 months remains fairly low. And I think there are two reasons for that. One is if you look at uh, your economic growth uh, forecast for both U.S. and Europe. Yes, they have been revised down from start of the year, but they're still above trend, uh, you know, the mm. pre-COVID trend. So while growth is slowing down, it's slowing down from a very strong base. So it's very difficult to call for a recession in the next 12 months based on the growth levels that are expected. And secondly, if you look at monetary policy, yes, it is on a tightening path. But, you know, we are still very, very far from a point where we will say that, you know, monetary policy is restrictive. So, you know, we could be more concerned about recession heading into 2023. But for the next six to 12 months, we think the, the risks are fairly low in our opinion. Yeah, Abhilash, talking about growth slowing down, are we actually seeing some sign of that playing out in the tech space where we've just seen Netflix announcing layoffs around 150 people. That's around 2% of its workforce. In recent weeks, we've seen Twitter talking about a hiring freeze. Facebook Parameter also talking about slowing down hiring. So a lot of tech names talking about a bit of a gloomier picture hit post-pandemic. What do you make of this? There are two things to consider when we look at some of these news headlines that are coming. 
The first one is, you know, some of the names that, that you mentioned are names which benefited from a very, very strong growth uh, when the whole world moved into a sort of work from home mode. So, you know, a slowdown in growth or some of the reversal in the gains in, in subscriber base that we saw for some of these companies is to be expected. I think it's, it's important that we don't, you know, extend that or ex- uh, extrapolate that trend in, in a few companies to the broader economy. And secondly, you know, when we think about some of these names that we've talked about, uh, they they did rally quite sharply mm. in uh, in 2021, and we've seen a, a big pullback in some of these companies. So naturally, given that a lot of these names are not profitable or have weak profitability, they would be cost pressures, uh, you know, filtering through to some of these companies. But you know, when we think about the broader equity markets, we think that the outlook is fairly strong. If we, if I look at U.S. Q1 earnings, the earnings growth for the quarter was 10.4%. And that was higher than 6.4% growth expected when we started the earnings season. So earnings in the U.S. has the price on an aggregate to the upside. So, you know, while there are pockets of weakness in, in the tech space, we think the broader uh, outlook for corporate earnings is, is still fairly robust. And that's one of the reasons why we, we continue to be overweight on global equities. Mm, looks like there could be some rotation away from growth names towards the other sectors. And talking about rotation, there seems to be a bit of a U-turn when it comes to China. So not too long ago, we had JP Morgan calling the tech sector in China uninvestable. And they have just called them something they are looking at more closely, a bit of a, an upgrade from them because of the outlook for Chinese stocks. What's your take on what's happening for Chinese stocks? And we've just heard overnight from JD.com posting its slowest quarterly revenue growth on record for the first three months because of COVID-19. Is that a bottom that you're seeing or expecting from the Chinese tech space? Well, if I look at Chinese stocks uh, at an aggregate level, we have been, uh, you know, relatively bullish on, on Chinese stocks and we've held the view that they will outperform global equities. And this is a view that we've had going back since end of March. Now, there are a few key drivers why we are a bit, we have been a bit more optimistic on Chinese equities. First, you know, uh, it's very often said that equity markets are quick to price in future expectations. And, you know, after the sharp sell-off we saw in March, we thought the Chinese equities had priced in a, a lot of bad news. Now, secondly, if you look at earnings, you know, while lockdowns in China have weighed on the earnings outlook, the earnings expectations have been fairly resilient given the magnitude of the lockdown. So that's, again, a comfort factor for us. Thirdly, if you look at valuations, they are cheap. Chinese equities are cheap versus global and U.S. equities. And lastly, and I think the most important point is that, you know, if you look at the sell-off we've seen since the start of the year in U.S. and global equities, one of the key reasons has been the central, uh, the hawkish central bank policy. But when we look at China, policy both from a central bank perspective and also from a fiscal perspective has a supportive bias, which in our opinion really helps the market stand out. So, you know, we think that Chinese equities should do well in the next 6 to 12 months. Okay, we'll see if the policy support comes through from the Chinese authorities. We've been chatting with Abhilash Narayan. He is the Senior Investment Strategist for Senate Chartered Private Bank. Abhilash, thanks for your time. We'll catch up again with you soon. Thank you, Ryan. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.